Welcome to Goop Tales, Episode 7, Quarreling and the Japanese Dragon. I'm Maria Calanchini, and I'm the author of Goop Tales. And at the end of this podcast, I will tell you how you can see all the photos that go along with the story of Coraline and the Japanese dragon. Because, I mean, come on, who doesn't want to see the red devil dragon? So sit back and enjoy Coraline and the Japanese dragon. You'd love to see quaint Coraline go on errands for he liked to sew. All kinds of work he'd bravely try, for he was quick and he was spry. He was so spry, I grieve to say, he often quarreled at his play. Once upon a time, there was a little goop boy named Quarreling, because he always found a reason to quarrel over the silliest matters. The list of things Quarreling loved to quarrel about was very long. He would quarrel with the moon and say that the moon was mean, since the moon was only around for the nighttime. He would quarrel with ants on the sidewalk and say they should get out of his way. He would even quarrel with the ocean and tell it that it was far too salty. Once, he was playing dodgeball with his goop friends, Nibeline and Nevershare. But as soon as Nibeline hit him with the ball, he immediately began to quarrel by saying that it didn't count since Nibeline threw it too hard. Quarreling just couldn't help himself. He loved to quarrel. He wore a suit covered with stars to represent his winning status. Every time he won one of his quarrels, he would put another star on his suit. Finally, it came to pass there was no room left on his suit. He also wore a helmet for head protection and carried a tiny sword just in case he had to quarrel with a real dragon. Quarreling had always had a fascination with dragons because he felt as if they were the most fiery, magical creatures in the world. He often fantasized about meeting a real-life dragon and having a battle with his tiny blade. One fall morning, Quarreling woke up after dreaming all night long about slaying dragons. He felt inspired and full of energy, so he slipped into his star suit, placed his helmet on his head, and charged off to a nearby forest in search of an adventure. Just as he came to the edge of the forest, he ran into his friend, Rudella, who was leaving the forest with a basket of mushrooms. Oh, hi, Quarling. What are you doing here? And where are you going? Rudella inquired in a demanding tone. I'm off to the forest in search of a dragon adventure. I dreamt about a dragon last night, and I really must find one, said Quarling. Don't be such a nincompoop, Quarling. There are no such things as dragons, quipped Rudella in a rude little voice. Oh, yes, there are. You don't know anything about them, Rudella, so you shouldn't speak of them. I can speak about anything I like, she said. No, you can't, said Quarling. At this point, he really didn't care what Rudella thought, but he couldn't resist quarreling with her. 
Then Rudella went on to say, I always speak about whatever I want. And right now, I want to say that even if dragons were real, you would be too much of a fraidy cat to ever meet one. Coraline's eyes started to flare. Now Rudella was annoying him. Why does she always have to say the rudest, brattiest things, he thought to himself. Rudella saw his eyes flare, and she knew that she was getting to him. So she went on. Okay, prove it to me. Show me that dragons are real. Go into that forest and find a Japanese dragon and bring me back his tooth. If you do that, then I will believe that you are brave and that dragons are real. Rudella had once read that Japanese dragons had the sharpest teeth of all, and even though she wasn't sure if dragons even existed, she wanted to make this challenge to Quarling. Quarling was beginning to regret saying hello to Rudella, but he knew it was too late now. He reminded himself about how brave he had felt earlier in the day. He looked down at his little suit all covered with stars, and he felt a surge of courage within himself. He looked Rudella straight in the eye and confidently declared, Rudella, I will bring you a Japanese dragon's tooth, and when I do, you will promise me that you won't be such a brat every time I see you. Rudella was a bit impertinent at being called a brat, but she was dying to see a real dragon's tooth. So she scrunched up her little goop face and said, Deal, but you only have 24 hours. Done, said Coraline. Then he bolted into the forest as he didn't have a moment to waste. Chapter Two. Once he slowed down, Coraline looked around. This wasn't the forest he knew. It was so thick with darkness that Coraline felt as if he could touch the black. He started to turn around to look for Rudella and the forest entry, but he could barely move. The heavy blackness hugged his star suit tightly and Quarling could feel fear start to creep into his very being. He decided to talk to himself. Be brave, be brave. My stars are always with me. He repeated this over and over until one by one, the stars on his suit began to light up. The stars illuminated the forest and it was no longer dark. Quarling looked up to see a forest dragon made of trees who was staring right down at him. He had never seen a dragon made from trees, let alone any dragon at all. And he stood and stared with wide eyes. He was too surprised to even remember to be afraid. He couldn't believe how quickly he had found a dragon, even though he was pretty sure it wasn't a Japanese dragon. The forest dragon continued to stare at Quarling and without even moving his mouth, said, Who are you, and how did you find me? I'm quarreling. I don't know how I found you, but are you a Japanese dragon? I need the tooth of a Japanese dragon. I'm not a Japanese dragon, 
I'm the forest dragon. I have been in this forest for centuries, and I know everything about dragons. I must warn you, there will be a price to pay for the tooth of a Japanese dragon, said the forest dragon in a creaky voice. And what price is that? Quarling asked, almost not wanting to hear the answer. True bravery, creaked the forest dragon. Oh, I'm so brave. Look at all my stars, said Quarling. You will have to turn your world upside down in order to understand true bravery replied the forest dragon. Before he could say another word, darkness crept in and over the entire forest. For just a moment, there was pure, dark silence. Then, just as quickly, it was peeled away by a fiery red sunrise over a mountain. Quarling felt like his world was being turned upside down. He remembered the words of the forest dragon. But where was he? And what did the forest dragon mean? Chapter 3 The sky was on fire, and there were 61 birds racing right out of it. It all happened so fast. Corling saw the birds racing away from the fiery red sky, and his head started to spin. The forest dragon's words rang in his ears. You will have to turn your world upside down in order to understand true bravery. Quarling thought himself very brave, but deep inside, he also knew this. There was more to bravery than pulling out his tiny sword and helmet and fighting, but he just didn't know what it was. Furthermore, he also knew that he had to follow the birds because they would lead him in the right direction, so off he went. Corling started chasing the birds so quickly that he soon became airborne and was gliding in the air next to them. He looked down and then he panicked. He was so high up in the air that he thought he would plummet to the ground and die. He didn't feel brave at all. Then something wonderful happened. One of the birds turned to him and said, Trust that you're on the right path, and trust that you're being guided, and then enjoy the ride. That was all Quarling needed to hear. As he let go of his fears, he started noticing all of the amazing scenery beneath him. They flew over a beautiful Japanese tea garden with a fiery red tree and a volcano on an island in the middle of the ocean. Corlean had no idea where he was, so he asked the bird, who said, We're flying over Japan. Look, straight ahead. There's Mount Fuji. Oh, look, the dawn is breaking. Now we will have to leave you here. Wait, please don't leave me, whispered Corlean. I don't know where I am or what to do. I'm scared. No, you're not. You're brave. Remember 
to do the thing that you think you cannot do, said the bird as he flew away. The thing that I think I cannot do, Quarling thought to himself, and then it dawned on him. He didn't really think that he could get the tooth of a Japanese dragon. Quarling knew they were far too formidable to fight with his tiny sword. He felt like he was flying over land as quickly as the birds. As he flew over a beautiful Japanese tea field, he spotted a red umbrella. Somehow he knew that the red umbrella would lead him to the Japanese dragon. So he swallowed the tiny lump in his throat and dropped himself straight down to the red umbrella. Chapter 4 Quarreling had never flown before, so he didn't have a very smooth landing. He hit the umbrella and immediately started a quarrel with the owner of the red umbrella, without even seeing who it was. Not a very good idea. How dare you land on me and then blame me, said a testy voice from beneath the red umbrella. Well, I didn't know you were underneath the umbrella, Quarreling snapped back. The red umbrella was quickly turned around, and Quarling found himself face to face with a steaming mad baby dragon. Quarling's heart raced as he wondered why he was so stupid to start a quarrel, especially with a baby dragon. Why are you so quick to quarrel? Is it because I'm a baby dragon? Oh no, that isn't it at all. I'm sorry, that was really rude of me. Quarling almost couldn't believe these words were coming from his mouth. His first instinct was to fight and quarrel, but somehow he knew that arguing would not land him a dragon's tooth. Indeed, it was rude. My grandmother always tells me, use your head or somebody else might. Yikes, thought Quarling. His grandmother's right. Then he said in a low voice to himself, but how am I ever going to get a Japanese dragon tooth without a battle? You want a Japanese dragon tooth? Why, that would be very easy to get, said the baby dragon, whose name was Drake. Well, maybe for you, because you're a dragon, said Quarreline in a mildly sarcastic tone. I may be able to help you if you would stop trying to fight me with your words. Really? said Quarreline with a huge sense of relief and surprise. Time was running out, and he had not even gotten close to getting a Japanese dragon tooth. I have about three hours left before my time is up, and my friend Rudella will have won our challenge. I need a dragon tooth. I would be so grateful for your help. What can I do to help you? Once again, Coraline was surprised by the words coming out of his mouth. He was offering to help Drake instead of quarreling with Drake. And he really meant it. Quarreling felt scared, but he also felt brave. Three hours? Then we must move quickly. We need to get to my grandmother's house. But we will have to pass the red devil dragon along the way, said Drake. All of a sudden, Quarreling felt like his newfound sense of bravery was shrinking. Red devil dragon, he said with trepidation. Will I have to fight him for one of his teeth? No, 
have a better plan than that for the tooth. But we will have to pass through the dragon tree forest where the red devil dragon lives. Will he see us? said Quarling, desperately hoping for a no. I don't know. He has dragonfly spies all over the dragon tree forest, and they report back to him when strangers come through. You are a stranger. Dragonflies have nearly 360-degree vision, and they are masters of flight. So, chances are, they will see us. They won't report me, but they'll report you. Coraline froze for a moment and then said to himself, Use your head or somebody else might. This made him feel braver. Before we go to the forest, may I ask what your plan is to get the dragon tooth? asked Coraline. Oh, my grandmother's losing her teeth quickly. You can ask for one of hers. Coraline was shocked. Could it really be that simple? All he had to do was ask? Come on now, quickly, let's go. Twilight is here, and maybe the dragonflies won't see us. They often take a nap at this time, said Drake. So off they went into the dragon forest. Coraline was full of bravado. He had a plan to acquire a Japanese dragon tooth, and he still had a few hours left. Maybe he would win Rudella's challenge after all. As they walked through the dragon forest, Coraline glanced up at the dragon trees. They were mysterious and scary. The treetops were thick with branches and oncoming darkness. Coraline imagined dragonfly spies hiding inside, and he tried not to look at them. Don't look up at the trees, warned the baby dragon. The dragonflies can feel your energy, and they will come out. But it was too late. Chapter 5 It was too late. Although the dragonflies were taking their twilight nap, there was one restless dragonfly who just couldn't sleep. He could feel peering eyes, and he glanced up to see Drake walking through the forest. He almost closed his eyes again, but a sparkle caught his eye. It was the sparkle of Coraline's blade. That was all it took. The dragonfly flew over to Drake and Quarling, confirmed there was a stranger, and zoomed off to report to the Red Devil Dragon. Drake called after him to stop, but it was too late. He was gone. Can we run? Will we make it out of the forest before the Red Devil Dragon arrives? Asked Quarling as his mind filled with fear. No, I can assure you that we won't. The forest exit will already be sealed. We won't be able to leave without meeting the Red Devil Dragon, said Drake. There was a loud, thunderous sound as the sky turned red. Quarling looked up to see swirling red clouds that twisted and turned at the speed of a tornado. As the clouds unwound and settled down, Quarling came face to face with the Red Devil Dragon. No one but dragons go through the dragon forest without my permission. You don't have my permission, and you will pay the price. 
What price is that? asked Quarling, hoping that the coins in his pocket would be enough. The price is a battle with me, a battle in which there is only one survivor, said the Red Devil Dragon, without even a hint of fear. Quarling was petrified. He didn't stand a chance in a battle against the Red Devil Dragon. He began to draw his tiny sword as he thought again of Grandmother's quote. Use your head or somebody else might. She's right, he thought. Red Devil Dragon will have my head for dinner if I don't use it now. Quarling looked down and thought about all the stars on his suit. Stars that represented the battles he had won, and he had an idea. Yes, Red Devil Dragon, we will have a battle to the end, and you will be one more star on my suit. You see, every star on my suit represents a battle that I have won. I have fought with lions and alligators, rhinos, bats, snakes, and even... Before he could finish, Red Devil Dragon said, Snakes? You have battled with snakes? Red Devil Dragon had an intense fear of snakes, and he had just revealed his weakness. Why, yes, snakes. They're the slipperiest opponents of all. But I know the secret to snakes, and I'm undefeated against snakes. Then Quarling was silent. He knew that silence could be more powerful than words. He had said enough. So he waited and resisted the urge to give in to his own fear of the Red Devil Dragon. The dragon stared at him with intense eyes for what seemed like hours. Quarling stared back without wavering. Finally, the dragon spoke and said, You may pass unharmed if you teach me the secret to snakes. Quarling motioned for the red devil dragon to come close. The dragon leaned his giant head down so close to Quarling's tiny body that Quarling felt as if he would catch on fire from the dragon's breath. Then Quarling whispered the secret to snakes in the dragon's ear. Ah, oh, so simple, said the dragon, and with that he turned and roared off into the twilight. Sometimes things are simpler than we think, said the dragon to himself after he learned the secret to snakes. So off went Quarling and Drake. They arrived at Grandmother Dragon's castle with only moments to spare. Drake asked his grandmother for one of her teeth. She opened her large, fiery mouth with only a few teeth remaining. Drake reached in and gently removed a tooth. He gave the tooth to Quarling and told him to breathe fire. Quarling wasn't sure how to breathe fire, but he decided to give it a try. He closed his eyes, puffed up his chest, and imagined himself as a fire-breathing dragon. He could feel heat flowing through him and flames shooting out his mouth. Amazingly, he wasn't afraid. When he opened his eyes, he was back on the edge of the forest where he had left Rudella. Corlene immediately set out in search of Rudella 
before his 24 hours were up. But she was nowhere to be found. Rudella had been so rude and bratty to a forest squirrel that she was being chased right off a cliff by Norwegian trolls. But that is a tale for another time. So that was it, the tale of Quarreling and the Japanese Dragon. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, I would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave me a review for Goop Tales. Okay, now it's your turn to get creative. Go to gooptales.com forward slash episode seven, the number seven, to see all the photos from Quarreling and the Japanese Dragon. And don't forget to spot the tiny quarreling hidden in each photo. And you're also going to be able to read and download the first couple chapters of Quarreling and the Japanese Dragon. And then I invite you to write your own ending and submit it online for publication on gooptales.com. I want to read your ending, and so does the rest of the world. I will see you next time in Goop Tales Episode 8, Rudella and the Norwegian Trolls. <laughs>